All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Dancing Librarian Mom Wife. I'm your host, Caroline Williams. And it's so good to have you back. Have your ears back listening. And today the show will have more of a serious or more subtle tone only because the topic that we're going to discuss today is life after loss. And when I say loss, I mean loss of a child, a baby due to miscarriage or other reasons, um, stillbirth, um, the list goes on. For me, I'm only speaking what I know. I went through two second trimester miscarriages. And you put emphasis on the second trimester because um, any mom out there knows that, or any female knows, I'm not gonna put anybody in a box, that when you get to the second trimester, that's like, you know, oh, the baby is really, you know, developing, you're showing at this point. Um, you know, the gender, it's just, um, it's a, a huge hit. Not saying it's greater than a first trimester one. Um, but for me, it, 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 it's hit me in a way where I learned from it and I did grow from it. Um, I am also a person who I don't show my emotions often. (laughs) I'm, I, now it's funny, my husband call, will call, call me a crybaby, but he only calls me a crybaby because I, when I fuss and I get angry, I cry. That's because I'm frustrated. <laughs> I don't know how many people out there, when you get angry, you like cry and people think, oh, she's, no, I'm I'm angry. These are angry tears because in my head, I want to like punch something, but I can't. So let me just cry out the frustration. <laughs> And so my husband's like, yeah, you crybaby, you know. I'm like, I'm not. and my brother would probably call me a crybaby as well. Because growing up, I would cry a lot. Because I wouldn't get my way with him. <laughs> and I was a baby. So, yeah, I think I talked about that on the last show. But anyway, so I don't really show my emotions much. So when this happened to me, it was a, this was a wake-up call for me and also a growing moment for me to grow up and really start appreciating life seriously it helped me to grow closer to Christ and in my belief and everything and so it was it was weird it's a weird situation in a sense of a blessing and then a curse in my mind okay um and again I'm speaking on my experience and the reason why I'm going talking about this is because uh, a friend on Facebook posted that this month is pregnancy and infant loss remembrance um, awareness month and actually October 15th which is today is pregnancy and infant loss remembrance day the irony of that is just re, re, like crazy because honestly, guys, I didn't know that today was the Remembrance Day. I I heard about the month and then when I looked it up, I'm like, oh, the day is actually today. So um, I feel it's appropriate for me to talk about it. And when this all occurred to me, I'm going to say that when you go through a loss, you feel like you are the only person who has 
ever gone through it uh when you go through a miscarriage granted you know about miscarriage you've heard of it especially when you first get pregnant you know they give you all the the side effects and the things that could happen so you know but it doesn't hit you till it till it it happens to you and you're like i'm the only person who had to go through this i'm the only person who knows how this feels you know but you're not you're not and i want all moms out there to know who might have suffered loss um due to miscarriage or any other way that you're not alone at all it's it's rough it's hard take your time in grieving and, and then i need everybody to understand everyone grieves differently and that is a true statement to me all together because my way of grieving was i cried it out for a couple of days um I'm going to disclaim, set out, put out a disclaimer that some of my, because it has now been at least 10, 11 years since this all occurred, um, that some of my timelines is a little skewed because I've kind of put it behind me, you know. I've got my two blessings, my daughter and my son. And this is how. <laughs> This is how I always tell people, God has a sense of humor, okay? I know you've heard of it. It's like, you know, one a cliche statement, but no, for real. Because my first uh, miscarriage, the baby was, he was a boy. And we had named him, we named both of them um, because we knew the genders. And he, his name was Barry Avery. And my second one was a girl. And her name was Caden Emma. And I named her middle name Emma. It was after my grandmother. My grandmother's um, name was Emma. So the fact that I lost a girl and a boy and then turned around and had a girl and a boy in the same order was like, really? Okay, God, I got it. You you just needed me to wait. You needed me to be patient. You, I had to learn some things because I was still young. I was still thinking... Oh, I got life. I got it. No, he had to pull me down for me to really get life. And I got it. Okay. Let me tell you how that, that, that whole experience humbled me so much. Like I, I, I yeah. So I just kind of want to go through my story, um, of everything that occurred during this loss. I have my notes here, but I need to put my glasses on because I cannot see all of my notes. But it it was uh, 2009, and I find out that I'm pregnant. And I'm like, what? Oh, gosh. Because at that particular time, me and my husband were not married yet. And I told you before that my family instilled some heavy morals and values in us. And I was that one child that kind of went against the grain. I'm going to admit that. It is what it is. <laughs> and so I was nervous, like, oh, gosh. Like, you know, my mom already was a little perturbed with me because I moved in with my husband. But then she got over it, and she loves my husband to death, like, I think probably more than me. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. And then now I'm pregnant. So I went to my husband. I said, hey, I'm pregnant. And he's like, no, you're not. I'm like, no, but I am. And so, you know, went through all that back and forth. 
And then I said, so, you know, we need to get married. Because for one, guys, I, you know, at, at the time I was a music teacher. And teachers out there, y'all know we have probably the crappiest insurance ever. I shouldn't say that. It's probably someone worse than me. I shouldn't say that. I take all that back. But we have some crappy insurance, okay? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I can't. I'm not going to, you know, I have a whole baby on our insurance, on my insurance. And I was like, I need to get on your insurance. <laughs> so he's like, and going back further, we've had already discussed getting married, but it was like future, like, okay, you know, we know we want to be together forever. Let's start talking, making plans. So, but we were taking our time to do that, but we didn't take our time for other stuff. But anyway, <laughs> so, uh, he's like, okay, I'm like, all right. So, so I, I had to get all that in place before I told my mom that I was pregnant. So I called my mom, I tell her, and she's like, I figured I knew it was going to happen eventually. <laughs> yeah, mom, you're right. And so, but she was cool with it. I said, we're going to get married, you know, blah, blah, blah. He, she was like, uh, I chose the, the 27th of February because that is the day after my birthday, which is February 26th, which was the 27th was a Saturday. So I'm like, oh, that's perfect. We'll just go to the courthouse. Get, you know, get married real quick, be done. Boom, bam, bada bing, I'm on your insurance. I'm covered, the baby's covered, we'll be okay. However, my mother's like, oh no, we gotta have a ceremony. We gotta, no, we don't have to do nothing big. So my mother planned this wedding for me and everything. And I tell people, I'm not gonna lie, I brag, my whole wedding was $5,000, period. If that. Because <laughs> I had a bunch of hookups. It was a bunch of DIY. And I felt it came together just nice. But anyway. So, find out I'm pregnant. Um, get married. February 27, 2010. And at this point, I'm about... <laughs> excuse me. I'm about three months. Two and a half months. Two and a half months. I'm trying to count back again. Like I said, my timeline is a little skewed. I'm about two, two, two months, okay? Yeah, because I said December, January. Okay, about to go into like the third, um, the third month. And so I'm, I'm going to the doctor, whatever, frequently. And then come April, I have a doctor's visit. And I go to the doctor on April 6th. Or might have been the seventh. I believe it was the seventh. And the doctor, he exam, you know, it was like uh, I went in, I believe, because I felt weird, like I felt like some pain. So he asked me, you know, my son. He's like, well, that could just be this or that, you know, Braxton Hicks pains, or it could be just a um a pinched nerve. Oh, and by then, I we found out the sex was a boy. We found that out before, so. Okay, and so uh, I go, okay, well, he said, like, just take it easy, you know, go rest, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, because I was at work that day and I just was feeling weird. I'm like, this is something don't feel right. And so the next day I wake up and I am in excruciating pain. And I'm like, no, 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 this isn't right. This does, this isn't, this isn't right. And the, it, yeah. So we, I call the doctor. They say, come on in. I go in. And when, you know, they make you go and pee in the cup, <clears throat> I 
I go and do that and I see blood. I go, this isn't good. I knew immediately, like, I think this is probably about to be a miscarriage. In my mind, not lying, no doubt. I felt it because it just didn't feel right. And so the lady checked me and she said, were you here yesterday? I'm like, yes, I was. And did he check you? I said, no, he didn't. But did you tell him? I did. Okay. So, yeah. that. Needless to say, I didn't choose that doctor the second time. But, because um, he was not very compassionate in much of anything. So, uh, the, the, the nurse, she tells me, honey, I'm sorry to tell you, but, you know, these are membranes coming out. And she's like, I, you... You're going through a miscarriage right now. And so she said, I need you to go to the hospital right now. She's like, it's not good. And I just, when she walked out that room, I just started bawling and bawling. And my husband's sitting there and he just, he's, he, you, you, I say I'm not emotional. <laughs> I don't think he can produce tears. <laughs> so he's like, you know, he's getting myself. He's helped me out and we walk out and, you know, the other nurses like, you know, it's going to be okay, you know, and my mom, like, it's not going to be okay, but thank you for the kind words, um, so, we go to the hospital, they check me in, and then they, 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 they the, the doctor on call comes in, and the doctor on call that comes in was the doctor who saw me the day before, oh, just thought of that, so the doctor saw me the day before was not my real doctor. It was a doctor on call. However, both doctors <laughs> kind of were like not thorough enough for me. My original doctor, he really didn't show like that. He didn't have good bedside manner. And the doctor on call was kind of cutting corners. So when he comes in my room and he sees me, he's like, hey, what's up? I'm like, yeah, I'm bleeding and whatever the lady said, this, that, and, and so forth. And so he goes, oh, he said, but did I check you yesterday? I said, no, you didn't. He goes, oh, man, oh, I'm sorry about that. You know, I'm thinking like, you sorry about that? <laughs> That's cute and, and late. You sorry about that? So he says, I'm going to put you in the, um, basically, I forgot the name of the position where you basically you're upside down. My head is down and my feet are up, so kind of letting gravity work and let the baby move back so that my cervix cannot be so he wouldn't be pushing down on my cervix he said we're going to try to do a emergency cerclage on you and what that is is where they go in and they basically sew your cervix shut and the way my um my kids doctor explained it was like you have a balloon you take a balloon and you sew the hole where the air comes out you sew it closed you, you know you sew it and so now Nothing comes out of it. When you turn it upside down, it's so so tightly that it can't, it won't open. Your cervix won't open. But the only way for it to open is for them to take the stitches out. And before you, before I start uh, dilating, before you start contracting, and so that I won't tear. But um, it opens with contractions anyway. So they do the emergency cerclage. They put me back up, feet up. But I think I was already because as they're performing this surgery on me I was still contracting which was painful because I could feel it the you know the contractions but then they gave me epidural so I was numb but the, they they would 
they were saying in the doctor's office, like, I mean, in the surgery room, um, you know, she's still contracting some, but we're going to try to see what we could do. And guys, when I had the surgery, I'm literally, my head was tilted towards the floor. My feet were in the air. Like <laughs> crazy. Never even thought you can do anything like that. But yeah, that's what I did. That's what they did. And so about two hours or so later, I can't remember again, but I basically went into full-term labor and the, the doctors came in like, there's nothing we can do. Like your, 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 you know, your cervix is trying to open. So I'm going to have to go in here and take these stitches out so it doesn't tear you. So they took the stitches out. They told me to push. I literally pushed. I don't even think it was a full push and the baby came out. And so, um, so they pull them out and I'm just like, wow, you know, seeing him, it was crazy. Y'all. I saw my husband's head. I saw his face. He resembled my husband and he resembled my bonus boys, my stepsons, my older ones. Like, especially the second oldest one that like they had the same like head shape. It was so crazy to see him and they let me hold him although that was super just weird for me only because it was like I don't get to take this baby home you know I and I felt like I tried I, I remember saying I'm sorry I'm sorry I tried I tried and they were like it's not your fault and at this point my mom is there um my sister comes like you know we you know are there my sister-in-law came so we you know I had supports as my husband was there but he was just in the corner and my husband like I said doesn't show emotion so he just kind of had his head down and so they asked him like dad do you want to hold him and he was like no and that was it and so they uh took him off and I oh then going back at that point I was 19 weeks and in order to save a child when they're preemie like that, the viable weeks um, starts at 24. So I was just shy of them being able to at least take them to the NICU and trying to see if they could help them. But yeah, at 19 weeks, I was not going to be able to save them. So, excuse me. So, and going back to my husband, you know, saying, you know, he didn't want to hold him, you know, to me, I'm like, well, why would you not want to? And I remember later on, I asked him, like, why did you not want to hold the baby? He was like, because Caroline, like, as a man, I couldn't do anything to save my son. Like, I didn't want to hold him because I felt like, what can I, I nothing I can do. And as a man, you, you know, I'm raised to take care of the family, be the, you know, be that hero and I couldn't. He said, I just, he said, I didn't want to look at him. I just, because there's nothing I could do to help him. And I got it completely. I had because I, and honestly, I felt the same as a mom. Like, there's nothing I could do to save this baby. I tried. So I grieved for a while. And I remember telling my um, principal, like, because, you know, at this time I was showing at school, people knew I was pregnant. And I remember telling her, when I come back, have tell the people to not speak to me don't ask, not speak to me but don't ask me about it because I'm good as long as no one asks me about it <laughs> that's how I was at the time like let me just act normal go through my day working it's a very good distraction for me but don't come to me as I said don't even 
I didn't even want people to say, oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Because that triggers me to start all back over. And by, I took, a, I believe I took two weeks off. So by then, okay, I'm mentally ready to go back. Because I'm also a worker bee. So I need to give, I need to distract myself. I got to go, I got to get back to work. So it took that, I took the two weeks to really grieve in my own fashion by crying, uh, going through the whys and why nots. And then really just praying and asking God to just help me get through it. And then I, I, then it's, if this is very weird and maybe insane to some people, but then I was like, I gotta do this again. I gotta try again. You know, like that, that okay, that didn't work. Okay, we gotta do this again because, I, you know, <laughs> I, I gotta get this baby. You know, I was, at this point I was excited, like ready to be a mom. And it was like taken away from me. So my husband was like, uh, okay, well you probably should just chill for a while. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he was like, uh, do you really wanna do this? So we took like a little mini vacation. Uh, actually, no, the mini vacation was before the um, the miscarriage. But we decided that we were going to plan a real honeymoon because after we got married, I really couldn't travel because I was pregnant and I didn't want to. I know you can, but I wasn't. And so uh, we decided to plan a trip. So we planned us a, a trip to Cancun, Mexico. And that was very much needed. We... We ended up going, um, was it spring break or was it the summer? Doesn't matter. We did, we was, it must've been the summer, but we had a good time just kind of like reconnecting and <laughs> getting out of that headspace of having lost a child. And that was another thing. Like when I got home, like my boys, my older ones, you know, very, he had already told them before I, I got home that because he called and told their mom and so she was able to tell them and so you know they didn't know how to react to me <laughs> it's like they looked at me like is it okay for us to look at her is it okay for us to go talk to her you know they kind of were trying to kind of distant and very say yeah you know when i told her it was kind of like oh uh she so the baby's gone the baby died so for them i can only imagine being like how old were they <laughs> I think they were like seven and eight or seven, you know, being that age and having to hear that news that you had a sibling coming and the sibling died, you know. So when it happened, it hits everybody, <laughs> people, it hits everybody. So then I'm like, okay, I got to try this again. So this time we planned it. <laughs> we planned it and I get pregnant again. And this time I said, I'm getting a different doctor. Not about to have the same doctor. No, 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 no. So I get a different doctor and she was great. She was a very personable um, doctor. She was funny. She listened. She took her time with you, which I really did appreciate. I did. And so, um, and I remember when I we found out it was a girl, my husband couldn't believe it. In his mind, he could only create boys. <laughs> and so when we found out it was a girl, he was like, nah, nah, ain't no way. There's no way it's, that's a girl. And they're like, yep, yeah, it's a girl, you know. And so now I'm like extra excited because mind y'all, I've been in the house with nothing but, but, but boys and men. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> I need that. I need somebody else here with me. 
<laughs> now that I'm thinking about that, you got to be careful what you ask for because this little shadow of mine, we go at it. You hear me? Okay. So, um, it, I, we, it, it was a, a good, a good little, uh, first couple of weeks, you know, but I'm super duper anxious and, and, and cautious. Like every little movement, every little pain was like, what's that? What's that? It, I was like, I, in my mind, I'm like, I've got to calm down because my nerves are going to seep into the baby. Like it was, I was going through so many different emotions. It was ridiculous. Oh my God. Y'all don't even understand. <laughs> and then my mom, like, you're going to make your, you're going to make yourself miscarriages from the, you know, whatever. So the doctor actually, you know, when she heard my story, she was like, oh, she said, what? She said, what's hard is we don't know what to diagnose you with because that was the first time it happened. So we're just going to heavily monitor you to see, to make sure that, you know, we can catch this or whatever it is. So I'll never forget. It was in the summer, June, and it was vacation Bible school at my church. And we were leaving. I left there, went home. And when I got home, I went to the restroom and when I wiped, I saw a streak of blood. And I'm like, no, I don't know. Oh, now that another memory came to my head. Before that night at Bible school, with the weekend before, uh, my husband's family had a family reunion at a park. And I went to the restroom then and saw a streak of blood. But I also felt that Oh, that's normal because I've read that when you're pregnant, sometimes you still spot. So, so that, you know, calm down, you're okay. But I just, you know, still in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, no, 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 no. Because at this point, I am at 18 weeks. So I'm getting close to that 19 weeks, which is the same time it happened, right? So then, then Bible, vacation Bible school happens. And, uh... They, I go and I get home and I, and this time it's a lot. And then when I when I stood up, I felt like liquid. I'm like, is my water breaking? So I call the doctor and I tell them they like get here immediately, come to the ER. So I go and the lady does an ultrasound. She's like, that's weird. Like, the like it. I guess you you say because when I when we were walking up to the emergency room more liquid was coming out of me. I'm like, this my water is really breaking. But she sees water, like she she can still see liquid inside in the the, the amniotic fluid. Sorry I'm not a doctor. I don't know all the, the technical terms. And so she was like, and it looks like your cervix it isn't open though. So she's like, I need to do like a, a more intense uh ultrasound. So in the back of my mind I'm like, okay, it's she it doesn't sound that bad, you know. So then they order uh, a more evasive ultrasound to really look at the cervix. And they were like, uh, after they looked at it, they when they came in, they put me up back again because they knew the history. So they said, okay, you know, angle her up. I got to get the name of that angle. And so they put me up some more. And so uh, my doctor comes in and she's like, Hey girl, this little girl trying to give us some trouble. I'm like, yeah, you know, just can we try to save her, please? And um, she goes, we gonna do? Yes, we gonna we got we gotta get her here healthy, blah blah blah, whatnot. She said, you, I was about to turn 20 weeks like the next day, 20 weeks, right? Again, 24 weeks is the 
is the time where, you know, you can save them. So she said, we're going to just, we're going to keep you here and really just observe you. <clears throat> so, um, I'm sorry, guys. I was already 20 weeks. Now that I think about it, I was already 20 weeks. Yes. So there you go. And so we, she does all these tests. I'm, I stay upside down, kind of not completely upside down, but enough to keep her away from my cervix. And they kind of observe me for like two days. I stay in the hospital because she said she just needed to see if I was going to keep contracting or what. And I could feel the baby move. I felt her moving everything. And then on the third day, she said, on the second day, she said, if you're still doing the way you are now, you know, cool, we're going to do a cerclage on you so that, you know, we can get you through the rest of this. So I'm like, okay, cool. And so I made it through. So they scheduled my cerclage. I had another epidural. I go in, they turn me up, flip me upside down, sew it up. And um, then uh, they, they said, we're going to observe you for another I think another two days after that I was observed just to double check <laughs> and so uh on that I don't even know how many days it was at this point they were going to release me to go ahead and go home but they you know strict strict bed rest everything like don't move don't do nothing whatever so I'm like okay and at this point I hadn't even I hadn't stood up or anything because they've had me parallel in that parallel kind of sort of vertical position the whole time. So I go home and that was my first time basically sitting upright. And so when I get home, get in the bed, you know, everything's going okay for that day. I mean, for that, the majority of the day. And then nighttime came. No, no, no. Because that wasn't night. Uh, I get through the night and in the morning I woke up and I felt pain because I, I had to go use the restroom. Um, but I, so I had to do it with the bedpan. And so when I did, uh, I was like, something doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel right. Cause I started cramping really bad. And so I said, nah, 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 nah. So then, uh, I believe I then did, did see some more spotting called the doctor to like, get here now so I go to the hospital and y'all this hospital I'm not gonna put their name on blast but it was the worst experience ever okay ever I get to the emergency room now I've seen in movies when pregnant women get to the emergency room emergency room somebody is around <laughs> speeding around the corner with a wheelchair right mm -mm, not at this one I get in, the men at the front desk and the other lady were like, oh, y'all need labor and delivery. I need to go. It's over there on the on the other side. So my husband's like, okay, so we got it. She's like, he's like, yeah, go walk down that hallway and go to. I'm sitting there like, I don't get a wheelchair. I got the, and I am double over in pain, like walking slow. And so my husband's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I said, don't worry about it. Go move because he had to go move the car. I said, go move the car. I will I will just start walking. I'm just going to start walking. So I'm literally walking like a turtle over to the labor and delivery part. And then once I'm halfway there, this lady comes and she sees me. She goes, oh, my God, they made you walk over here. I'm like, 
Oh, Jesus. Every word came to my mind. Lord, I'm sorry. And so they took me in and made me go lay down. And then when they didn't examine, they were like, oh, no, no, no. Like, that's what the, and so basically the, the, the baby had poop. So I had uh, meconium. Meconium? Yeah. And so uh, they just like, you know, and I could hear them talking like, yeah, it's not good. We need it. We need the doctor here. We need the doctor here. And she, she needs to, cause I told him like, I have a cerclage and they're like the doctor needs to come and take the cerclage out before it pops, before she, you know, rips it. And cause at this point I am contracting every five minutes. I'm going through full labor. And in my mind, I'm like, it's happening again. It's happening again. I can't believe this is happening to me again. What did I do to get have this happen to me again? Like you go through all that. Like what did I? I'm sorry, God. Why that? Oh my God. Like why me? Why me? And so um, I remember going going to because I was in the little the prep side. So they get me to my room and my sister come when before my sister gets in there because this is, I, that was probably she doesn't know that that kind of low key made me laugh, but it did. So. Um, when I get in the room, you got nurses and doctors like everywhere just doing stuff. And they were, it was just so chaotic. I'm sitting there like in pain. Like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like, give me some medicine. Give me something to stop the pain. They tried to give me the Demerol. Then they're asking me questions because I literally hadn't, hadn't checked in. So they're like, how much do you weigh? How tall are you? Do you have a family history of the, What? Are you kidding me, people? I am in labor. <laughs> I don't want to answer any questions. So it's chaotic in my room. It's at least four to five people running around my room. I will never forget my sister walks in and she goes, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> she says, I am a physician and this is just, I, you know, this is not, this is not acceptable. You know, what, what is the plan here? What are we doing? <laughs> and they kind of, it's like the room froze. <laughs> Everybody stopped like, oh, shit, she's a, oh, she is a doctor. Okay, get y'all stuff in order. You know, we not, there's not no regular patient here. <laughs> so, and then it, it, then it kind of, it calmed down. Like, what are y'all giving her for the pain? What are y'all doing? And so they said, we're going to give her the medicine. We're going to, and then they started, you know, being a little bit nicer to me. Like, do you want to, do you need an epidural? I said, I need something. I need something. <laughs> and, and so then my sister, you know, calmed it down for me and the room got a whole lot easier for me to handle. Um, I ended up having another epidural done. So count, that's my third epidural at this point. And they, uh, what you call it? Told me I'm, you know, the, when they went to examine me, the foot, the baby girl's foot was sticking out and it was kind of like swollen because it had gotten stuck with between the stitching and so they're like you know her foot we can see the baby's foot like her foot is right there so again told me to push she comes out and at this point in my mind I'm like I don't want to see her I don't want to see her I don't want to see her but it was kind of like here and I'm like oh here's a baby you know and at that point, my husband couldn't really escape it either. He had to, you know, they wanted to stay. It was, Jesus, it was a lot going on in that room. And then they said, call the NICU down here. Because it was about 20, I was 22 weeks or 21 weeks. And so 
when the Nick, you they had the baby, the Nick, they said, well, maybe, maybe we can save it, you know. I, but honestly, in my mind, I think they just did that for me because they were they were they were telling like this is our second time going through this. This is our second time going through this, and so they're like, oh. We're so sorry. I'm like, yeah. And so when the NICU doctor comes in, this a-hole, he comes in and he goes, well, where's the baby? And they're like, she's over there. And go, well, why did y'all not call me sooner? Like, there's nothing I can do about it. There's, there's, and then I heard the doctor tell him like, hey, this is her second one. And then he kind of got quiet. It was like, well, I, I, I'm sorry, ma'am, but it's just, it's too late. Like that, you know, it's too late for me to, to try to save the baby. I'm the, I said, uh-huh, it's okay. Like, you don't already say what you said out loud and I heard you, okay? So, at that point, my whole, my whole world went numb. I, I just remember laying in that bed and just numb. Like, whatever. Everything around me was a blur. I just sat there. I cried. And I said, and I stared, you know, visitors came. I tried to be as cordial as I could, but in my back of my mind, I'm like, I just want to go home and lay in my bed and don't want nobody to talk to me or do anything. Because it was like, I can't believe this happened to me again. Twice. Twice. You know, then the rage comes in. Like, why me? Like, why would you, why would you do this to me? You know, <laughs> you know, you start blaming God, you know, in his mind, he's like, this, this is not in the sense of to punish you, but it, it was to, it, it, it may really humble me to be like, everything can't be your way. Everything is not on your timeline. I'm in control. And I got that loud and clear. You hear me? So I grieved, I grieved, I grieved. The, the the good thing about this one, I shouldn't say good thing. <laughs> good thing in the sense of I had her in the summer, in July. So I didn't have to worry about going back to work. But coworkers knew I was pregnant again. So again, I told my principal, do not let them, <laughs> you know, tell them not to come up to me. And she was like, okay, I got it, I got it. So, um... It was July 10th, 2011, when I had Kate and Emma, and I, I grieved. I just, I, I did. I grieved for a while, because it was, this was, this one hurt more, because it's the second time, you know? It's like, goodness, back to back, like, what in the world? What did I do? So... I took, this time I said, I got, I'm taking my time to get myself together before trying again. Cause I, and crazy enough, I said, I got to do this again. And my husband's like, Caroline, I can't go through this no more. I said, I know. I said, but please, please just one more time. I'm gonna go to a spell. Cause my sister, she's like, you need to find a specialist that will specialize in your situation. Cause then my, when I went back to my checkup, the doctor, she said, you have an incompetent cervix. This is what we can finally diagnose. She said, the sad thing about this is that it took twice, this happening twice for us to realize it, but that this is what's your, your cervix. Once the baby gets a certain weight, your cervix can't handle it and it's opening up sooner than it needs to, which is basically what the incompetent cervix means. So she's like, then if you try again, you're going to have to get that circlage done at 12 weeks versus I mean, 14 weeks. The, it's like 12 to 14 between that time span before you hit the 
the the the the the weeks where the baby starts really gaining more weight and becoming heavy. So I found me a special doctor, Dr. Pinnell. I'm gonna go ahead and say his name because he's a, an awesome doctor. And he uh gave me all the right advice. He treated me like a freaking queen. I love that man. And he said, We gonna get you your babies. We gonna get you a baby. <laughs> and he did. He brought me my son, Barry Carter. And then my surprise baby, Carrington Elizabeth, brought both of them into this world. And both times I had to have a surclage. Both times I had to be on strict uh, pelvic rest and movement in the sense of sit down, don't stand up for too long of a time. But I, it was just it, the, 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 this whole situation of the miscarriage taught me that don't take nothing for granted. Um, you're not alone. Um, I really got more into the support groups after the second time. And that those support groups helped me to get through a lot of the grief too. Cause just hearing and reading other women's other women's story was like, okay, all right, I'm not I'm not alone. I'm not by myself. And other people get it. They get it. So that helps. So all those mamas out there who've experienced this, uh, for me it was good for me to write down my story. And it was it it, it took me about two years, three years for me to really talk openly about it. But you grieve how you want to grieve. Don't let anyone tell you how to grieve. You grieve how you want to grieve. You take how much time you want to take. And just know you're not alone. Um, miracles do happen and can come true. And uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's a crazy world in the world of the, the infant loss, pregnancy loss umbrella. I don't know how to really phrase that nicely, but that's kind of what I'm going to say. So that is my story for this Pregnancy and Infant Loss Remembrance Day. Um, hugs to everybody out there, anybody experiencing this recently or know someone. Um, for those who know someone who has experienced it, my advice to you is give them time. Uh, reach out in a, in a very subtle way, you know. If they don't respond, leave it alone because that might mean they don't want to speak to you at the or anyone at the time. If they do respond, be a listening ear. Um, and don't give the, the whole advice of you can do it again because not everybody can. You know, that's just, you know, the reality is you don't know. You don't know. So just be a listening ear, um, be supportive. Uh, I enjoyed with my cousin and they brought food by. That was great because I wasn't cooking. <laughs> so, you know, you do small things like that, which can really make the person feel, you know, like they have a good support system. So that is my story, guys. And that is the end of my episode. I have gone over my time, but it's okay. I really wanted to share my story. But the next time, um, we're going to be talking about life as a wife okay so tune in to hear all about it although a lot of us already know but <laughs> you can listen to my story 
All right, so I'll see, not see, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.